Hello, this is Diksha from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 13th of February. India recorded over 9300 COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours and the total COVID tally remained at over 1.08 crore or 10.8 million. 87 deaths linked to the virus were reported in the same period and the nationwide death toll stood at the 1,55,000 mark. The number of active cases in the country, meanwhile, came down to nearly 1,36,000 for the first time since June last year. Under the vaccination drive in the country, over 77 lakh health and frontline workers have been vaccinated so far. The country started giving the second dose of the COVID-19 vaccine to healthcare workers today. The health ministry said yesterday that frontline workers should have received at least one dose of the vaccine by the 21st of February. It added that for those who missed their appointments, mop-up rounds should be held by the 6th of March. The director of the All India Institute of Medical Sciences, or AIMS, Dr. Randeep Guleria, said yesterday that those above the age of 50 will start getting the vaccine from March. This will also include people with comorbidities in the 20 to 50 year age group. The AIMS director also said that it was not clear for how long the vaccine will offer protection, but estimated it to be about eight months. For a brief update on global COVID numbers, more than 108 million people worldwide have been infected by the virus so far, while 2.38 million people have succumbed to it. Global recoveries from the infection, meanwhile, have crossed the 60 million mark. An earthquake of magnitude 6.3 struck Tajikistan last night. The tremors from the earthquake were felt in Jammu and Kashmir, parts of Delhi NCR and Punjab. According to India's National Centre for Seismology, or NCS, the epicentre of the earthquake was in Tajikistan, about 450 kilometres from Srinagar in Jammu and Kashmir. The initial reports of the NCS suggested that the magnitude of the earthquake was 6.1, with its epicentre in Punjab's Amritsar. It later clarified that the earthquake originated in Tajikistan. People rushed out of their homes in parts of Kashmir and Punjab, among other parts of northern India, fearing the intensity of the tremors. Strong tremors were also felt in Delhi for several seconds, but there were no reports of immediate damage to life or property. Tremors were felt across neighbouring Pakistan's Islamabad, Lahore and Peshawar as well. The farmer protests against the centre's farm laws at the borders of Delhi have been going on for nearly 80 days now. Farmer leader Rakesh Tiket addressed a farmer's Mahapanchayat near the Tikri border yesterday. He said, and I quote, The agitation will continue until the government of India talks to the Farmers' Committee and arrives at an agreement. Till that time, farmers will not return home. Unquote. Tiket also announced plans by farmer leaders to hold meetings in Prime Minister Narendra Modi's home state of Gujarat. Meanwhile, India said yesterday that the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau spoke to Prime Minister Narendra Modi about the farmer protests. The Ministry of External Affairs said that Trudeau commended India for choosing the path of dialogue as befitting a democracy. The ministry added, and I quote, Trudeau also acknowledged the responsibility of his government in providing protection to Indian diplomatic premises and personnel in Canada, unquote. On Wednesday, Trudeau's office had released a statement on the conversation with Modi. It said that the two leaders discussed their commitment to democratic principles, recent protests and the importance of resolving issues through dialogue. In December last year, Trudeau's support for farmers facing police action was criticised by India as unacceptable interference in internal affairs of the country. Speaking of the farmers' protests, News Laundry's Ayush Tiwari is in Uttar Pradesh to understand the nuances of the farming communities in the area. 
In his latest round report, he details why a section of farmers have not lent their support to the agitation. Let me read you an excerpt from his report. The farmer protests in western UP are led by the Bharatiya Kisan Union, which claims that it has the support of farmers and workers from across caste lines. BKU spokesperson Rakesh Tiket said, This is a protest of all castes. But in western UP, this is not quite true. Saini farmers, who like the Jats, suffer the consequences of agrarian distress, are wary of the movement because of their loyalty to the Bharatiya Janta Party. They are also irked by the overwhelming representation of the Jats and the media coverage of the protests in Hindi news channels. To read the full report, head over to newslaundry.com. It is titled, Why Saini Farmers in Uttar Pradesh Aren't Supporting the Farmer Protests. At News Laundry, we've been striving to bring you unique and in-depth ground reports about the farmer protests since they began. For this, we need the continued support of our subscribers, because we are not funded by the government or corporations. So if you aren't a subscriber already, support us by hitting that subscribe button on the top right corner of newslaundry.com today. Subscriptions start at just 300 rupees per month. In the Lok Sabha's budget session today, Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman said that it was possible to achieve economic revival in the country. She added that the pandemic did not deter the government from attempting reforms. Sitaraman also said that the reforms were riveted in a policy and not in a subjective or knee-jerk fashion. She reiterated that this year's budget has set the pace for India becoming Atmanirbhar. The Finance Minister also targeted Rahul Gandhi for his budget speech. She said that she was disappointed to hear him say that he would only speak about the farmer protests. She criticised Gandhi for allegedly creating false narratives and said he was quote-unquote becoming the doomsday man of India. Meanwhile, three BJP members in Lok Sabha yesterday moved a breach of privilege notice against Rahul Gandhi. The MPs Sanjay Jaiswal, Rakesh Singh and P.P. Chaudhary claimed that Gandhi's move to observe silence over the death of farmers without the permission of the chair was in contempt of the House. Listeners, please consider this a trigger warning as the following news contains graphic instances of sexual violence. The government yesterday extended the tenure of Bombay High Court additional judge Pushpa Ganeriwala, who had given two controversial verdicts in sexual assault cases against minors. However, Ganeriwala's tenure was extended by one year instead of two years as recommended by the Supreme Court Collegium to appoint judges. Her new tenure will be effected starting today, as her previous tenure as an additional judge ended yesterday. The Supreme Court Collegium last month had withdrawn its approval of a proposal to confirm her permanent status. The judge had been under scrutiny after her controversial verdict on January 19th when she acquitted a man accused of sexually assaulting a minor girl. Ganeriwala had observed that groping a child's breast without skin-to-skin contact does not amount to sexual assault under the Protection of Children from Sexual Offences or POXO Act. This verdict was put on hold by the Supreme Court on January 27th. In a later judgment, she observed that holding a minor's hands and unzipping one's pants in front of a minor will not fall under the definition of sexual assault in POXO. In both cases, however, she had said that such acts would constitute sexual harassment. The Delhi police today transferred the case related to the killing of a 25-year-old man in Mangolpuri to the crime branch. The deceased, Rinku Sharma, was allegedly stabbed by five men following a quarrel at a birthday party on Wednesday. According to the police, the quarrel took place over rival eatery businesses, which were shut due to financial losses. On Thursday, the police arrested four of the five accused, while the fifth person was taken into custody yesterday. 
In the aftermath of the incident, the Hindutva group Vishwa Hindu Parishad had claimed that Sharma was killed for collecting funds as part of the donation drive for the Ram Temple. However, the police emphasized that Sharma was killed over business differences and that any other motive attached to the killing was factually wrong. Sharma's death is riddled with multiple narratives from the police, sections of the media, Hindutva groups and his family. News Laundry's Anna Priyadarshini visited Mangol Puri to piece together what happened in her story titled Contradictions and Media Mistrust, Investigating Rinku Sharma's Death in Mangol Puri. To read her report, head over to newslaundry.com. Now for some international updates. In Afghanistan, at least four security members, including a commander, were killed in three blasts in eastern and southern provinces of the country today. Officials said that seven people were critically injured in the blasts. No militant group immediately claimed responsibility for the three attacks. The attacks come amid an upsurge in violence in Afghanistan as clashes intensify between the government forces and Taliban insurgents. The country has been witnessing near-daily roadside bombings in recent weeks, killing multiple government officials, judges, journalists and activists. These events come in the backdrop of the staggered peace talks brokered by the US between the Taliban and representatives of the Afghan government. The United States President Joe Biden's team is currently reviewing a peace-building deal signed by former President Donald Trump's government with the Taliban. After the signing of the deal last February, the US reduced its number of troops in Afghanistan to 2,500 from 12,000. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.